Hello, you're listening to Making It Count, a podcast that provides practical financial advice for every stage of life with a twist. We're your hosts, Christina and Will. We aren't financial experts. We're just like you, aka trying not to stumble our way to financial success. That's where our money smart friends come into the equation. You see what I did there, Will? Yes. I guess we need to add a bad pun disclaimer to our show description. Well, as long as we add a reality TV spoiler disclaimer as well. I'm there for that. You'll want to stay tuned for fun guest interviews, discussions around money taboos, and apparently corny jokes and Real Housewives references. Mm -hmm. That is so perfectly us. So together, let's make make it count. count. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Making It Count. Welcome back, Christina. It's our season three finale. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. It has like flown by. I can't believe how fast this season went. No, it's been long. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no it really has flown by. It has flown by so fast because we've had so many terrific guests and today is no different. And uh, we have a really unique format. That is right. We are going to get a close-up view of a real financial consultation. It's like money therapy. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I read a CNBC report that says only 38% of Americans work with a financial advisor to manage their money. And that's more than it used to be. But it also shows that really people aren't tackling their money issues and they're doing it without professional help. Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like a lot of people get advice from professionals for so many things. Like we go to personal trainers for exercise and we go to the doctor and we don't like we don't accept answers from WebMD. Mm -hmm. And so you seek out all these experts. But then when it comes to money, which really is ultimately the root of like how you go through life, at least in our society today, it, you don't really seek out a professional. You just kind of like wing it half the time. That is so true. So, Will, do you seek professional financial advice? You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> a very good question. I have not seen a financial advisor. Really? Um, no, but I will say that having a background in a financial and being on this podcast, I have learned a lot and I feel like um, really, over the last few years, my financial situation, I've gotten a lot smarter with how I handle my money and like more aware of of the idea of being in control of your money. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think just hosting and being a part of the podcast and hearing from the professionals we bring on has definitely opened my eyes to areas I can improve on financially. Um, but I have I do have a financial advisor that we've been going to for years. And I think what I I would have younger friends ask, like, oh, it's I'm too young to go to have a financial advisor. I'm like, you're never too young. Like as soon as you have that first post-college like professional job, I think you got to line somebody up and just start scheduling your goals. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be in the spot we are now for our retirement. So we really needed like help. I think a lot of people also get it confused with like investment advice. Like this yes. isn't about this isn't about having a lot of money. This is about mm-hmm. getting your money in order and, and making it work for you. Correct. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yes. All right. So let's introduce our addition financial expert who will be conducting this money therapy session. You've heard her here on the show before. Thanks for joining us, Heidi. Tell our listeners about yourself if they don't remember. All right. Well, great. It's so nice being here again. Um, This is 
One of my favorites, and I'm so honored that I get to be the guest for this because this is my passion. I eat, sleep, breathe, dream about counseling, coaching members, um, just to get them on the right financial path. So I actually, I'm a financial coach, I'm a financial education ambassador and a home loan specialist. Um, so I get to work closely with members and people in general, just one-on-one to dig deep into those money issues that they could be having. We are so happy to have you back and in our season finale. So thank you so much for coming today, Heidi. And we also have another valuable member of the credit union here in our studio today, Chelsea, who has been in another one of our podcasts and her amazing husband, Desi, remoting in. Thank you so much, Chelsea and Desi, for agreeing to let us share this financial consultation with our listeners. Please tell us about yourself. Well, I am a returning guest on the show, so I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have my partner in crime with me today, my husband, Desi. We have been married for five years, and we have a three-year-old, so this is going to be a great opportunity for us. We need to get this in line because we are going to be expecting another edition in November. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, my Congrats. Congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. A podcast first. That's amazing. Congrats. A baby reveal. Next time it has to be a gender reveal. (laughs) Oh, Monica already has that in line. (laughs) Well, thank you both, Desi and Chelsea. All right, Christina, it looks like you and I get to sit back on this one. We don't, I we're know. Not, we're not really doing a whole this lot. This is an easy one for us. Thanks, producer <laughs> Lauren. Yeah, we're going to make Heidi do all the work today. All right. Well, here we go. So um, first of all, to Chelsea and Desi, you know, it's really, I'm I'm happy you guys are here taking this step. It's, uh, it's a leap because a lot of people just are hesitant on, hey, I don't know what to do. I know something's not right. I want to make changes but I don't know how. So I thank you guys. Um, This, I want you to feel comfortable, get relaxed. Um, We are having conversations. We're getting to know each other. Um, And this is a consultation versus a coaching session. So they're a little bit different. So the consultation is really going to be the rapport building, me asking you those kind of deep, personal questions. I'm going to dig in your mind, dig in your soul, uh, really start to pull things out. Whereas the coaching session, it's broken up into pieces. The coaching session that would follow after, we'd really get digging in on putting together a budget and whatever goals you have. We actually sit down one-on-one. So we're going to get a little surface level, uh, but really we're going to start to um, get this process in place so we can get you guys going um, to reach your goals. Um, So in case you're not quite aware of what a financial coach does, um, I'm actually someone that works with members to help people make minor adjustments um, in their perception and behavior around finances. So that way you can to, you know, create that budget, know that you can make a change for a better life. This will include, so keep in mind about what you're wanting to do, budget, credit counseling, credit evaluation, housing counseling. So for those that don't own their homes but know they want to be home buyers, this will be uh, something great. So there's a realm of areas from, and I like to call it, we start basic from budgeting. We go from budgeting to buying a house, buying a car. The main thing is to check out your overall well-being. So 
if you guys are ready, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in. All right, so I'll let you do an icebreaker first. So Chelsea, does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Desi, what's your take on pineapple on pizza? Well, um, I agree with my wife. It can be good, especially with bacon. <laughs> All right, so are you agree- man. wait, wait, are you agreeing because it's what Chelsea said, or do you really like pineapple on pizza? Well, it depends. You have to be in the mood for it. So uh, usually, most of the times when we get pineapple on pizza, you know, we're in the mood for it. It's not. It's not always our go-to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that right there is a clear perception. Um, Your perception on what kind of pizza you like, what kind of car you like to drive. It's the same thing that when you talk about money and finances, everybody has their own perception ideas on what money is and how it works for you. Now, the tough part is when you have two individuals that come together as one, and now you have to have the you know hard talk of all right so we are coming together as one do we merge our finances what do we do it's knowing that everybody has different spending styles money styles ideas on money so that's often a struggle with uh, people who are coming into a relationship becoming married is that you have two different perspectives and views on money so let's dig in are you guys ready we are. We we met at a bank, so this is ironic. We were bankers no. when we met each oh other. Oh my so goodness! <laughs> this is this is a long time coming in the works. Um, Desi now works in insurance. He works for Allstate now, so he's still kind of in the realm. Um, but we are going to take all of the advice we can get today from you, Heidi. It's pretty fantastic. So this is great. So I'm going to ask you a question. Um, this right here is: What area in your financial life needs a little TLC? Definitely our savings. Um, We are not homeowners. We have never owned a home before. That is something that we have gold in the next few years. Um, We want to put ourselves in a situation to have a nice down payment, closing cost, all of that good stuff, as well as prepping for two kiddos now. So that's our main goal is just padding that savings and preparing for what's to come in the next five years. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Desi, how do you feel about that? Do you have any other um, financial TLC moments that you've been working on or that's different from Chelsea? Well, I agree with her as well. Um, But I think budgeting would be one way to uh, get our savings where we want it to be. I believe if we can track uh, with the money that's being spent, we can, you know, taper it down and get it into the uh, savings. So I think that that those two um, suggestions would be good. Yeah. And budgeting and saving are the two. You know, when when you look at the big picture of life, you know, those big purchases, buying a house, buying a car, really those are your two largest purchases that you will ever make in your life. Um, It is being prepared. And in reality, budgeting is very intimidating to a lot of people. Um, A budget is continually fluctuating. Um, If anyone, you know, for us that we've lived through, it was... How many people that went through COVID that, you know, had a loss of job that, you know, we have life events, whether it's an illness, loss of job that we don't prepare for. So when you have the savings in place, preparing for a new baby along the way, building for a house, that budget 
is the most crucial thing you guys could accomplish or anyone in general accomplishing together. That is the bare bones basics of knowing what you have and where you want to go. So we'll dig a little bit more into that and um, working on some of those for you. But we're going to go a little bit deeper now. So these are a little bit personal and vulnerable, but when we're talking about money and finances, that's really what needs to happen. Um, It's about exposing everything and moving forward. Lay it on thick. All right. (laughs) So what was money like growing up for you guys? What did you see as, as kiddos, how your parents were with money and their perception on money, which may have reflected on how you are with money? I'm going to let my husband take the lead on this one because I think he could answer this question very well. We both have very different upbringings. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband was raised in a third world country, so he was majority of childhood spent in Mexico. Um, So take it away. So let them know, you know, kind of your opinion. All right, Jalzi, tell me your story. So my parents uh, were both immigrants. So when we came, well, I was born here, but raised in Mexico for a while. Um, when I came over here, I was culturally shocked. My mom watched after us uh, while my father worked almost seven days a week. So we were very, finances weren't discussed in the house, um, mainly because that, that was a topic amongst, you know, the parents and the grownups. So we, we didn't know anything about money or anything like that. But we were um, taught to work hard for what you wanted. So I started actually working at the age of 16 because I wanted to, I wanted money uh, to buy things. Uh, and um, th- some of those uh, purchases weren't the smartest when you're young and you have money. You usually waste it on clothes or, you know, or food or, you know, things that you want. So it's not until I you know, started working in the financial business that I learned how to manage my money. Um, that's how we perceived it. So yeah, uh, our, uh, Chelsea and I's background are a little bit different. Um, definitely. I am an only child, so that kind of seals the deal there. Um, no siblings. I'm the only grandchild, the only niece, the only child in my whole family pretty much. So as you can imagine, it was very spoiled as a child. Um, my mom, I love her to death. The woman cannot manage money to this day. Um, she does not even have a savings account. Um, we were the type, like we would go out to eat, we would go shopping every day all the time. And I definitely see those traits passed along to me as an adult. I have to stop myself at times because I am a very like, <laughs> if I had a life motto, it would be treat yourself. Cause that is my <laughs> motto. <laughs> like girl, get you that Starbucks, get that drink. You go to work every day, treat yourself. And I find myself saying that like 20 times a week. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, maybe I've treated myself enough. So definitely those things have have passed along. And he is so frugal. My husband does not spend money like <laughs> ever, ever. I will force him like, Desi, you need new work pants. Like we have to go buy some new slacks. He is using like an iPhone 6. I'm not kidding. The man is frugal. And then you have me who's like, oh, look at this on Amazon. I got this for Lily today. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So definitely opposites attract what they say is true. <laughs> and that's where the money struggle usually comes in with couples is that you've got one that's a spender, one that's a saver. 
and it's always two different um two two different upbringings and you don't realize the power of what you're subconsciously watching as you're growing up when you're watching your parents work and how they spend are there fights about money does you know like desi's you know family they're really hard workers so that just is naturally ingrained in you the same as being a super spender um that kind of carries with you but it is as we get older and you get to acknowledge and say, okay, wait a minute, this is how I know I'm supposed to be and this is what I am. These are the strong willed that we need to say, hey, you know what, I wanna make a change and I know that these are adjustments that I need to make. Um, so one thing as we're talking about that is, um, Chelsea, it's the, when you go into a store or you know, we down, we did this on uh, my 11 year old spending, you know, want versus need. And it's the, do I really, do I really need this? Do I need that third cup of coffee this week? And what you do as we're talking about the budgeting and the saving, hey, you know what? Because I know that we have these goals, I know that we want to buy a house and we want to get stuff for the new baby. Okay, I'm not going to, I'm gonna now take this money, which I have in my hands, but I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna put it into a savings account. So those are the small, small adjustments that over time, you know, create big successes. Oh, definitely. I find those little minor expenses are my biggest expenses at the end of the month when I'm reviewing everything. Because in hindsight, $5 on a coffee, you're like, oh, it's just $5. But when you've done it, every day this week, yeah. that's $25. Like and then mm -hmm. you multiply that by the month, you've now spent over a hundred bucks on coffee. So those are the, the small tactics that I definitely want to put in place. Um, when we did the New Year's resolution episode, that was the one that I was on. And I remember saying in January, I'm going to stop buying those taller, the Target dollar bins. I'm going to stop <laughs> going over there. I'm, I'm happy to report I've made it about halfway. I have bought one spring kitchen towel, so I will take it as progress, a win. Progress, it Slow is. Slow progress. Actually, that's another question that I wanted to ask you is how do you define financial success? I think financial success, at least for myself, is security. I don't want to be stressed. I don't want that pit in my stomach that I get when it's the first of the month and I have to pay my rent. I don't want to be concerned like, okay, this bill is coming. We're going to pay this. And then that leaves X amount of money for everything else. I want the security of saying, hey, if the car breaks down, we're good. We have everything in place. That is my idea of you know financial success and stability. Mm -hmm. Desi, how about you? Financial success would mean having a, a cushion for us, you know, as like Chelsea said, it would be something, you know, if the unexpected happened, for instance, I work for insurance in the insurance business and uh, insurance is for the unexpected. And by having a, a solid foundation, a solid financial foundation, if that unexpected happens, we can, um, you know, we have something to fall back on. So yes, I agree with Chelsea. It would be um, having enough that if the unexpected happens, we're, we're going to be okay or enough to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody defines their financial success a little differently. Uh, and that's why it's so important to have these questions and this self-reflection. So write it on paper, set your goals. Again, you know, there's the, the smart goals 
uh, vision boards as well. Those are all, you know, good certain ways. And you can have a, a financial vision board as well and that you guys work on together um, to create your kind of where you are now and where you want to go. So it leads me to the next question of, are you both currently budgeting? So I have to say, I am probably the financial manager. And I put that in air quotes because it is so loose. Like, believe me, I am by no means tracking. Um, But I would say that I am probably the one that manages the money more, you know, in the house. I do try to be conscientious of my spending, but we definitely do not write things down. We definitely don't allot a certain percentage of our funds to go in certain accounts. Definitely room for improvement. Granted, all of our bills are paid, so check on that box, you know, um, credit score going up. But there is definitely room for the savings like we've been bringing up. Yeah, perfect. Um, That really is, um, that leads me to the, here's how we move forward. So we've established that you guys are wanting to buy a house. You're wanting to build a savings, prepare for the baby, the regular life stuff that comes up along the way. So we need to start to establish a budget on paper, uh, visually seeing because it really makes a difference. And you will be so surprised once you actually put it on paper when you say, okay, this is what our monthly income is. These are what our monthly expenses. And when we sit down and start to work on it, it's not going to be the the Starbucks, the eating out. Um, it really is going to be looking at the the four walls, the, I call them the survival uh, expenses, the rent, food, car payment, all of those things that are, this is what has to pay for us to survive. We need to live. We'll also, and again, for you guys, how are you as far as, um, you know, there's, there's debt to consider as well, you know, credit cards, unsecured personal loans, you know, of course, the auto loans, those are something a little different. Those are a necessity. Definitely. Um, and that was one of our goals, too, is credit cards. I mean, we, we're definitely not carrying a huge balance by any means. We're talking like $1,000 at most. But I do want to have that completely knocked out um, by the time that the baby does come. So we're not worried with extra expenses. Um, car notes, thank God we only have one car note. So, nice. <laughs> um, And the majority of our new debts, if, if that is going to come, would simply be new things for the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, those are really the only new debt items that we plan to take out. Um, But credit cards are something that, especially me being in the lending side of things, very, very like light waters to tread with a credit card. I try to avoid that at all costs. Unless, you know, right now we have that promo going on. If you're going to book a trip, now go ahead and use it. But uh, (laughs) I am not booking a trip anytime soon. So my balance is getting paid down. (laughs) Yeah. And that's perfect. And it's, it's, and you guys have to sit down and, you know, this is something that you discuss together. So the first thing is really to booking up. I mean, not really many people use their bank statements anymore. No one looks at them, prints out their statement. Um, everything is all electronic, but that's where you sit down and look at the last 30 days. Okay, where are we spending? Where is the extra going? How much are you spending on eating out? Where is your money going? And that's the whole point of when we sit down and talk about a budget or a spending plan. It's not saying, oh my goodness, this is so daunting. I don't want to do this. It's saying, okay, you know what? 
we need to take control of our money and we're telling it where it needs to go. So you will sit down. This is going to be okay. This is what's going out. Where are we spending our money and where can we cut back? Because guess what? When you decide to maybe eat out only once once a week, one time a week, and then you look at what you've been spending, put that extra towards knocking out that credit card debt, working on that emergency savings, because that is ultimately uh, something that's so important. Do you guys have an emergency savings, uh, the just-in-case, the insurance backup? I mean, we do have a small, very small savings. You know, it wouldn't be able to carry us through for a long time, but we would have something to at least you know, tire pop, mm-hmm. like that, those kinds yeah. of expenses, but anything past, you know, if something happened and my husband could not work, mm-hmm. you know, we would be, we would be strapped for cash. Like we, we need our monthly income. So that's another thing with bringing back to the security. I want to have the peace of mind. If something happens to us, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That that's my idea of success because I know we will probably never be rich. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm okay with that. I've made peace with it. But I know that I definitely want us to be able to say, you know, do we want to put Lily in private school? Is that an option for us? I want us to be able to do those things, give experiences, you know, travel to see family. Those are the things that I truly want to invest in experiences and bettering ourselves as a family. Not so much of, you know, it's easy day to day life. You're like, oh man, I really love those shoes. They're so cute. Oh, that new purse. It, it, those expenses are what's going to take away from the big picture for sure. Yeah. Well, it really sounds like you guys are on the right path. Um, budgeting is key. That savings is key. Um, but you guys have a really great plan, you know, but sit down and communicate. Communicate between uh, married couples is so important when it comes to finances for you guys to be able to reach your goals. And you've got some big things coming up. Oh, yeah, Big, big things. <laughs> and it's and it's great. Um, and one thing you'll need to know is that along the process, I'm here for you. So this is just the beginning. We work to establish, you know, your budget and make you comfortable to let it all out. It's And to be honest, uh, it's overwhelming. It's scary. And this is why going to a financial counselor is so important because I'm I'm there. Those that do this, this is what we do for a living is that we're holding your hand. We're taking you through these big steps of life of, I don't know where to start in this financial journey. So holding your hand, guiding you, but giving you the empowerment, the tools, the resources. I'm your coach. I'm, I'm your guide, but you guys are totally in control of this. And I'm there to provide any insight along the way, but it comes up to you guys for that commitment, the sacrifice and dedication, because that's really what it's going to take. Yes. And that's where we hit that roadblock. We definitely have a plan. I've sat down so many times. Let me get on Pinterest and find a nice budget calendar so I can use my pretty pens and then I'm going to really stick to this. It's the discipline. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the great thing that comes with having a financial counselor. You have someone to report to you. You know, you have someone to, Mm -hmm. exactly, someone to monitor your progress as to where with your spouse they're your person. It's easy to just be like, ah, babe, this month I don't, I went overboard. I'm sorry. I love you. And then you move on as to where when you have a counselor, somebody that's really saying, okay, well, last month you said you were going to do X, you did not. So I think that's a huge, huge thing for people like myself who know what needs to be done, but need that extra push. Yep. 
And it's not to do, you know, any shaming or make you feel guilty <laughs> for, oh, you spent a little extra. It happens, you know, we're, we are human. We have to live. Um, we've got this life that it's, it's how we're smart about what we do with things, but it's also enjoying life. You know, it comes and goes so fast. You know, you're going to look back and think, oh my goodness, when the kids are grown, where did the time go? What did we do? But it's making the most for what you've got. It's making it count. It really is making what you have work for you, whether it's $500 that you have extra or $5,000. It's all the same and on perspective on how you look at it and what you do with it. So um, through the uncomfortableness, through uh, the scariness, the tears, <laughs> whatever it might be, I'm going to be here to push you, encourage you. I am your financial cheerleader. I'm going to push you through the positive change um, that you need for a, a financial, a financially better future. So I look forward to working with you guys. We're going to create that budget, even work on vision boards on setting those goals. And that's going to be huge. You know, we're going to do short term goals, even a month, month, six months and a year. We're going to start small, but then, of course, long term, I'm sure owning a home is something that's very important to you. But we've got to look what's going on right now and uh, make those small changes. Wow, that was really interesting. Well, that don't was you think? Super interesting. I felt like just a little fly on the wall over here. I know it was a little like reality TV show. A little, I mean, without all the drama. Except we got some good drama about the baby. I know the good drama. The good drama. That was good, Heidi. That was really interesting watching you walk a couple going through all of that with them and. I thought what was really interesting, Heidi, is when you asked them how they saw money growing up. Yeah, that was a very good question. Yeah, you don't realize what you see, you know, hindsight when you're an adult making the same financial habits and choices that your parents did without even knowing it. So it's about pulling it out and saying, okay, wait a minute, I'm following the same footsteps. Maybe they were good. Maybe they weren't so good, but it's making those adjustments. It's finding your inner child money version. Whoa. <laughs> wow. That was deep, Will. That was really deep. Have you found your inner child? I don't Or I don't your know. inner teenager or anything? Teen mm, do you really want to find your inner teenager? Yeah, like right. that's the worst. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. All right. So now it's time for our rapid fire round, which we call the making it count essentials. And will you get to start? Look at me. All right, Heidi, how does a person's age affect their budgeting? I'm assuming that people should reevaluate their budgets on a regular basis. Budgeting is something that gets reevaluated often uh, when you have a change of circumstance, whether it be a job, um, loss increase, uh, anything, anything that where your budget is changing as well. You know, if you are looking to pay off um, credit cards or get out of debt, your budget's going to change. Then, when you're looking to budget for savings, or um, it's going to depend whether you're a teenager learning to budget, and you know, kids might be trying to save for a car. Um, I actually have a 16 year old who is. We're working on budgeting now, and she's got her very first job and a license. So we're learning the saving, spending bills because she is required to pay her car insurance. 
So it's establishing responsibilities and and gaining the concept of um, what budgeting is early on because it is forever changing and what it might be today could easily change in three months. And we saw that right here in person because now I'm sure that Chelsea and Desi weren't thinking about budgeting for four, like six months ago. And now it's like a whole new, whole new world, especially when you ha- add multiple kids. That's a whole. I mean, I'm so excited animal. for them, but I'm also so excited that I will never have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can lend you one. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, no, you I'm not looking. No, no it's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> All right, Heidi, when people create a budget, they tend to focus on the recurring expenses like groceries, mortgage, electric bill, but not all expenses are monthly. Like some are seasonal, like holidays and even quarterly or that one yearly bill that you pay. What's the best way to account for these particular items in your budget? Yeah, it's always knowing. Um, I personally love the idea of having different savings accounts. So under your your saving account, you can have subshares and creating different subshares. So you're, again, we're telling your money where to go. So you can have one gigantic savings account that, you know, it's savings and you pull money from it as you need it. But when you give your money a name, like for example, maintenance around the house. If you have um, lawn services that necessarily don't come out, you know, every month, but every three months. Um, For me personally, we have our termite reinspection or whatever that comes up every year. The best way to do that is to take what it is, divide it by 12, and then make it part of your regular monthly expense. So that way, when you know that it's November and we have this coming up, you know that you're not going to be scrounging around going, oh my gosh, I didn't factor this in the budget. You can simply go to that particular savings account and there you go. You've got the money all ready to go. Just transfer it out, pay the bill. So it's to, it's to allocate uh, your money throughout the year. All right. This one's for fun, or at least we hope. Heidi. Yes. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? A hundred percent. You have to have pineapple. Really? Yes. Okay, but what else do you like with it? Pineapple and ham. Now, I know Jen said bacon, but I'm not really too sure about pineapple and bacon. That sounds good, too. But I had this conversation because this is a topic in the house when we order pizza. (laughs) Um, My 11-year-old says, absolutely not. He says, you cannot mix the salty with the sweets or some people really don't like salty and sweet yeah but oh i love I, it i crave salty sweet oh, i have a I friend though the other day i went to pizza with him and got pizza with him and he got pineapple black olives Ooh. and jalapenos yeah no i'm gonna pass and i withheld my judgment for the most part which is hard for me to do as you know christina it is um but yeah i think that was a time where i was like we could have done without the pineapple because if it had been like black olives and jalapenos, I'd be like, okay, a little weird, but whatever. But pineapple what? threw that off completely. They I think like pineapple has to be like paired correctly. Good for them. Good for them for, for putting themselves out there with that interesting Yeah, let your pizza. freak flag fly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Go for it. So Heidi, thank you so much for joining us. You always are so welcoming. Give such great advice to our to us and our podcast listeners. So how can people find you or get a hold of you? Sure. Well, I'm here at Addition Financial. The best way to reach out to me is by email. My email address is hpauly at additionfi.com. And we'll put that 
down below. Um, so please feel free, reach out with your questions. If you're interested in a consultation, I look forward to getting to know you and steering as many people as I can towards um, financial success. Thank you so much. And then I know they're not here with us now, but Chelsea and Desi were awesome. It really was, it's hard to put yourself out yeah, there and be vulnerable about a very taboo subject that we've talked about before. So I'd like to give a thank you to uh, Chelsea and Desi as well. All right, Will, it's time for our favorite segment. What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? All right, I'll go first as I want to. <laughs> for me, I think I, I, I learned that it was a good reminder that often the way you view things is shaped a lot by your upbringing. I mean, I'm not the person to say like everything comes from your upbringing. I'm not a Freudian type person, but I do believe that it has a lot of impact on you. So like the way that you see others handling money growing up is often, I think the way you perceive it as you get into adulthood and also, you know, those lessons that you're taught along the way. So I think it was a really good place to start of just like, where do you come from with money? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a very important aspect. Yeah, I agree. That was really interesting. Something that struck home with me is that I have in common with Chelsea, and we talked about it in the episode she was in before, uh, the Target obsession. And then also just, and she mentioned it today, the eating out. Like I spend so much eating out. We cook for dinner and we cook breakfast we make breakfast, but on the weekends, that's just like the social thing that we do. And I can't stand making my lunch. And I know, Will, you are so much better about that. Than no, no, I no. Am. I, okay. I will say this. I am really, I'm pretty good during the week, but here's the thing. Eating out once or twice a week nowadays is expensive. So expensive. And I'll be honest, I have like, I like good food. So yeah. I'm not going to like, if I'm going out, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'll just go to, you know, I don't know. Bob Evans or something like oh, you know. RIP. It doesn't even. I know exist it doesn't anymore. even exist. But anymore, a good but example because you're not hurting anybody. Exactly. Feelings. I was gonna say something else, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I won't go there. You know, but it's expensive. Yes, it really is. Like I spent like fifteen dollars on lunch yesterday, just me. So it really was a great reminder to track your spending. And actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm I, Heidi inspired me. I put everything on my credit card because I I'm gaming the system and I'm getting points for it, and then that month it comes out of my checking account. So I'm going to print out my credit card statement and take out different don't print, color. Don't print. I'm going to print. I need to. I'm a tactile, tactile you person. You can do highlights on like. I'm going to print it, Will. Okay. I need to physically do it. I know I'm going to kill a couple trees, but I'm going to print it and I'm going to get different color highlighters and I'm going to highlight all the different things and add them up and see like what I truly am. I think I need that shock value. It's almost one of those things where it's like, I don't want to see it. Because I know it's bad, but I, I just need I need to pull the bandaid. Okay. And I, I know we had that eco-friendly okay. episode. <laughs> okay, it's like two pages. Hey, okay. I can print front and back. I haven't said a word. You're very defensive. I haven't said anything. <laughs> I haven't said a word. All right. Every week we like to give our listeners a resource where they can make it count in their lives. Will, can you please tell us what we have for them today? I'd love to. Today, we have a terrific resource that's ideal for anybody who wants to get a handle on their money. I love this. It's a long right, title today. Yay! It's perfect for our season finale. Mm -hmm. 
It's a guide called Money Management Tips and Saving Strategies for Every Budget and Age. I love it. I want to put a little beat to it. <laughs> the title says it all. So please go ahead and download that. It'll be always in the show notes. Producer Lauren is so good about that. And since it is our season finale, Will. I know. This is the end of season three. Um, we're going to start planning for season four very shortly. So if you have any topics or ideas of how you want to what you want to learn about your finances, please email us at podcast at editionfi.com. Um, any ideas you have, we would love to incorporate them or on any of our social media, any of Edition Financial social media, just give it to us there or email us. And Will, we need to do thank yous because it is the end of the season. We need to give our shout outs. We do need to give our shout outs who we don't get to thank enough, but um. I'll, I have a few. We, we, Will and I, would like to thank Addition Financial for sponsoring us. We're really excited about having this opportunity to share financial education to anyone who wants to listen to it. And our biggest fan is the CEO of, of Addition Financial, Kevin Miller. So thanks for supporting us. Um, also, Lauren... Our incredible executive producer, producer, Lauren, producer Lauren is not a like she is. She always sits next to us and seeing her smiling face and everyone at the greenhouse agency that makes this podcast happen. We, we can't thank you guys enough. Mm -hmm. We also want to thank Resonate Recordings for making our episodes sound a lot more cohesive than they are while we're recording it. <laughs> are we, you saying that we don't start and stop all the time or fumble over our words? Never. <laughs> we never do that. No. But Resonate won't tell any on us either way. So no. uh, we also want to thank all of our guests, um, including Rich Barbary. We will give mm -hmm. a shout out to him. And Heidi. I was going to exclude him. But, you know, have yes. Both been guests. We have so many great guests that have it's come on. It's been a really good season for yes. us. That We appreciate everyone coming on. All right. That's a wrap, Christina. Thanks, wrap. everyone, for listening. And we will see you next season on Making, Making It, it Count. Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making, Making It, it Count. Counts.